left, hands are right, will snap it. Braxton Hughes will hold it. Jake Larson will kick it. This will be a 39-yard field goal attempt by Jake Larson. Nine seconds to go. Delaware 13, Richmond 12. Let's go, Spiders. Let's go. Snap back. Ball is down. Kick is on the way. It has the distance, and it is good. Jake Larson is good from 39 yards out. He has given Richmond a 15-13 lead in improbable fashion with four seconds to go in the game. Four seconds to go in the game. Big time. This, this team continuing to fight, continuing to compete. Well, no sense waiting around to listen back and enjoy that highlight, the Jake Larson 39-yard field goal that won the game for the Spiders Saturday at Delaware. It's how we open our Spider Insight podcast this week. Hi, everyone. Bob Black along with Chris Anderson. Oh, do we have stuff to get into today, the recap of the Delaware game, and then we'll look ahead to the Capital Cup presented by CNF Bank that will not only be for the Capital Cup trophy, but the CAA Football Championship trophy as well. Chris, we've had a few days here to kind of enjoy and embrace the Delaware game. The Jake Larson field goal was a highlight, but it wasn't the highlight of a game that was filled with highlights. Yeah, it it really was. And at the end of the day, it comes back to the word, you know, the team has been saying all year, and that's finish. Mm -hmm. Um, They've they've been faced with that challenge multiple times. Last week at New Hampshire, they make uh, a ridiculous run. Uh, in the second half, and our guys had to finish, and they found a way to do it. Uh, challenged earlier this year with Elon, where the game was close, and you know Elon, we, we don't. It's almost exactly like Delaware. We don't get in the end zone. Uh, Elon gets it back, and they finish, uh, tie the game, take it in overtime. They finish. We don't. So I just feel like that word continues to come up. But this week, this is our week. This is the growth. This is the character. This is the maturity. This is the. The, the everything you're looking for as a coach, as a fan, as a parent, as whatever, in, you see it in your team, you see it in your guys that they find a way and they got it done. And uh, you got to respect it. You got to love it. I'm happy for them. Um, probably more excited when I talk to them and they've embraced it, but they've already moved on and they're ready to continue this, this attitude and this mentality. You don't get to this Saturday without all those plays last Saturday, right? I mean, you have two field goal kickers that provide field goals for you. You have the Jerry Garcia play. He'd had one catch all year, the 45-yard catch that sets up the field goal. I know you loved the two defensive stops on third down and fourth down that got the ball back to the offense with a little less than a minute and a half to go. Fourth and one at the Spider 7 with a minute 28 to go. Watson to the left of Henderson. Shotgun snap. Henderson hands off and just to the first down marker. Did the Spiders get him? This will be big. It's going to depend on the spot. Yeah, the current spot. Yeah, current spot has him short. And the Spiders, I think, are going to get one chance here with a minute 23 to go. What a Herculean defensive stop. Big time stop. Loved it because uh, remember we were having the conversation like, man, did they let them score? We looked so tired, and uh, and you know we had two defensive tackles, and you know you've heard Coach Huseman talk about it. Asking two defensive tackles, three hundred plus, to go seventy eight, eighty plays is ridiculous. But our guys did it, kept fighting, and uh, you know I don't know what was said in that huddle 
when it was third down, fourth down, we needed two plays to keep them out of the end zone. We, like I said, uh, everybody knew there was a, they would likely go for it. I think most coaches would, and sp- uh, particularly in Delaware's situation, young kickers had a feeling they'd go for it on fourth down. I think uh, Philip O'Connor, uh, big hit on third down. Then fourth down, you got Jeremiah Grant with Tristan Wheeler. We get it back, and it's just life, instant life into the team. Um, no guarantee. But you could just feel that our guys were confident when they got back on that on that field. So defensively, you know they've just they've just they've done it, man. They've they've had it all year. Uh, it hasn't always been pretty, but you're just never going to question their effort, their heart, their belief, and uh, you got to feel good about that group. Marlon Lewis comes back after missing two weeks with injury. He's the CAA Defensive Player of the Week with the two forced fumbles. Jake Larson, of course, was the Special Teams Player of the Week, both in the conference and nationally as well. And maybe the unsung hero, who we're not even talking about, is Reese Udinsky, who was playing hobbled with the ankle injury. I know from time to time we were like, oh, Reese is off today. He missed Jacob Harris. He threw behind Leroy Henley. Chris, you look at the stat sheet. 28 of 42, 301 yards, no interceptions. Now, no touchdowns in the game, but he managed that game to put the Spiders in position to win. Spoiled rotten. Yes, (laughs) Yes, fans, we are spoiled rotten. 28 (laughs) for 42, and it's like, man, he's a little off. What's going on? Um, How well are you playing? How good are you? Um, That that's the expectation, right, because you've set that expectation. And then to come out and go 28-42 on a bad wheel, and uh, and then just, you know, he didn't complain. There was no talk during the week. So we, we didn't even know, you know, like, man, it looked like he was hurt pretty bad. And he gets out there. Uh, we don't hear anything in a week. And he gets out there and he performs. In terms of Marlon Lewis, you know, I, we used to say our term was fresh legs, you know, a couple, couple of weeks out. And, uh, you know, his injuries with his shoulder, you know, felt a little bit better. But those legs had to have felt great, Mm -hmm. which is a big thing in November because most people aren't rolling with fresh legs. And uh, so recognizing his responsibility, like, hey, my guys have been carrying me. I'm going to carry them today. And, boy, did he carry that defense, particularly in the first half. Mm -hmm. Um, He was havoc all over the field. So, again, big leaders getting it done. Reese Judinsky leading us on offense. Marlon Lewis uh, leading us on defense. Can't, uh, Can't ask for much more. On the offensive side, and we are going to talk with an offensive guy here in just a couple of moments, wide receiver Nick DeGenero. He stepped up, Chris. Seven catches, 88 yards. Of course, Jerry Jerry Garcia had the huge 45-yard catch. And maybe he's not even playing in that situation if Josiah Williams isn't hurt. Maybe Nick DeGenero's role is different if Josiah's out there. Amazing how those guys stepped up minus one of their guys from that wide receiver room. Game of inches, right? And that's why you practice different scenarios, um, you know, different uh, different setups, different formations. You you try to cover as much uh, situational football as you can, particularly as the season moves on. You know, in the beginning, you're getting all your basics. I'm sure you have that that period of practice, but at some point, you're getting into situational football. And um, you know, we knew Josiah was going to be out. Nick understood the moment, understood that he had to step up and make uh, make some plays. He did that. Uh, we weren't surprised. I don't think anybody who, who follows the team was surprised. We expected that of him, and he, he made the most out of the moment. Um, as far as Jerry Garcia getting in the game, again, that's just uh, a young man who just uh, – we, we said that before the game. We said, hey, there's going to be some, some names we don't say a lot, but we've heard nothing but good things about the performance in practice. It's just that that wide receiver room is full, and uh, but we're going to hear some new names, and, and, and guys stepped up and got it done. So, you know, felt good. Sure did. All right, pull up a chair. Nick DiGennaro, come join us here on the Spider Insight Podcast. And uh, you've had a few days now to kind of embrace and think back on 
the great victory Saturday. Give us the big picture here of what it was like to play in a game like that and come out of there with a W. It was an emotional roller coaster, to say the least. It was definitely, you know, the outcome was it's the favorite game I've ever played. It is an absolutely, I don't even, I don't even have words to describe it, really. I think about it, you know, I've lost sleep over it. I've been so excited. I'm still excited about it, even though we're on the William & Mary. But it was my favorite game, and I think our team is the definition of a team win. You know, I mean, our offense couldn't get much going. We were driving down the field, couldn't get in the end zone. Our kickers, Andrew Lopez and Jake, you know, they did a great job, and our defense bailed us out a thousand times. I mean, they bailed me out even when I had a mistake and fumbled late in the first half. So it was a team game, and but that's the definition of our team. You know, all phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams, you know, we can do it, and we, we've been battle-tested, and we're planning on doing that next week. Let's drill down a little bit. The last drive that got you guys into position for Jake to make that kick. Kind of take us through that mentally and physically and how you guys pulled that off flawlessly. Oh, We believed, you know, as soon as we got that stop, I mean, before we got that stop, on fourth down when Jeremiah made an amazing play. We were saying before that we were going to win that game. Um, we knew that they might have, that they were going to go for it because they didn't really trust their kicker. And when we got that ball back, we were in the huddle. We knew that it was just another Wednesday and we were going to go take it down the field. And we, you know, we did we did what we had to do. And like I said, Jerry Garcia um, made a great play. I'm so proud of him. He made the same play he made in practice in our two-minute period on Wednesday. And, you know, you know, like our coach October says, you know, football is nothing but, you know, the extension of football drills. Football plays are nothing, are nothing of the extension of football drills. But um, I'm just happy for the guys. We had so many guys step up when guys were hurt. And, you know, I still don't have any words to describe it. It's just it's very it's a very exciting time. So, Nick, you're sitting here super cool, super relaxed, and I love it. But when we see you on the play, on the field, after every catch, you're, you're excited, you're jumping around. Just tell me about, you know, kind of your element, kind of how you're, what's your attitude when you're on the field. I mean, I had this game taken away from me last year, and I had a lot going on off the field. Um, it was really just God bring me back to earth, you know, bring me back to ground level to humble me. And I have a newfound gratitude for not only life but football in general. So when I'm out there, you know, I go nuts. You know, every time I get the ball – even if it's a little play, you know, I'm, I'm yapping or, you know, I'm, I'm screaming or doing whatever. But it's really just the passion that I have and the gratitude that I have for this game and being able to be healthy at least at this point in time, this far in the season. I'm truly grateful. I love it. You talk just enough smack not to get the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> just enough smack to get the crowd excited, get me excited in here to boot in the booth with Bob, but you don't get the penalty. I love Half it. Half the time it's just me just making noises, I guess. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you must not be saying words. You must just be getting excited. All right. Well, you had one of those spectacular catches Saturday against Delaware, and as we play back the highlight, Nick, you can hear the crowd ooing and eyeing. The Delaware crowd. That's how good to catch this was. Here's Udinsky going to the air down the near sideline and a tremendous one-handed catch on the Delaware sideline by Nick DeGenero. A spectacular catch with his left hand. You know, interestingly enough, you know, I was getting ripped on by my coach and rightfully so because that was kind of a loaf of a play. I was gassed and, you know, I ran a pretty I thought I ran a good route in the game, but you know, I couldn't put a little bit more effort into that. Probably could have caught that with two hands if I was running faster. But um you know, when Reese threw that ball, it was a great ball. You know, he bailed me out there as well. I just stuck a hand out. I knew I could catch it and um, came down with it. And like you said, it went nuts. But, you know, it was a good play. It was just another play. Um, but, yeah, it was exciting. It's good to show stuff like that on film that I could do things like that. Talk to me about that fourth down play. So I'm in the booth and I'm kind of going crazy. Um, I play defensive back. So I know at fourth and four, defensive backs were sitting at the sticks. You know what I mean? We want to shut the game down. I was thinking somebody's got to go deep. Somebody's going to press. 
um, as a receiver offensively? Are you guys thinking like that? Or, you know, just talk the attitude of a receiver. And even Reese, you know, I noticed he dropped back and he was looking, you know, to see if he can get uh, behind that safety. This is where, you know, again, got to have a little gall, a little gumption if you're to spider offense. Everybody, I don't think you run everybody to the sticks. I think somebody needs to press and see if they can get behind a safety or at least make that safety back up, open up a gap for a shorter receiver. Well, this fourth and four to keep the game alive for the Richmond Spiders. Crowd standing and roaring. Fourth and four, Richmond from the Spider 30. 34 seconds. Udinski takes the snap. Fires over the middle of the field. Garcia has it. 40, 35, inside the 30. And he's down close to the 25-yard line. Reese Udinski to Jerry Garcia has put the Spiders in field goal range with 27 seconds to go. Clock stopped moving the chains. Udinski is under center. He'll spike the ball with 24 seconds to go. And, oh, is Reese Udinski fired up? And that is exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody can't run for the sticks. Have somebody go deep. Have somebody press that safety. Everybody scooted up expecting you to stop at the sticks. I'm sure that's what the coach said. You get one of your fastest athletes to run straight down the middle. You give him a shot. Udinski Having the gumption to let it go. Love the thought, love the call. That was a 45-yard gain. We knew we had to take a shot. I mean, it was fourth and four. There was not much time left, and we knew we had, you know, maybe two plays that we can actually run before we had to spike the ball. So that was a shot that we had to take. And like I said, Jerry is one of the fastest kids I've ever seen. Ran right by that DB, toasted him, and we got it done. I mean, none of us were scared at all. None of us were nervous. I love that. So in terms of that receiver room, um, we've had we've interviewed most of you guys. We've had you in here, and uh, I always just ask, tell me a little bit about that room. What's the attitude? Uh, you got multiple guys getting multiple ca- catches, and, and the vibe just seems to be great. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, it's all a reflection from the top down from Coach October. He's a special human being. Um, we'll never get a coach like him ever again, and he has formulated, um, or he's been the catalyst for the bond that we've that we've um, formed. And we're all super close, and we all care about each other's success. Even the people who aren't playing as much, when they step in, it shows. And, you know, it's definitely a unique room, and we're very close. And, you know, when we go out there, it shows that we care. You know, you could see when something happens, Josiah, Jake, myself, Leroy's, you know, picking the other one up. You know, it's that's really our whole team, but, you know, particularly our whole room is, is very special. And, you know, the ride with this team, the ride with this room this year has been phenomenal. All right, Nick, you've got 39 catches on the season, but one touchdown catch here it was against new hampshire 28 seconds second and 10 at the new hampshire 13 udinski looks to throw for the end zone again and this time wide open is nick de janeiro for his first richmond spider touchdown didn't he deserve that one yeah get excited young man you should we've been waiting on it quite some time i mean that's a great play we called that play earlier in the game we didn't hit it and so when we called it again, I knew it was going to be a touchdown. It was an amazing moment. It was my first touchdown here. It was the first touchdown as a Richmond Spider, and, you know, I'm very grateful. And like I said, it's my first one, but, you know, we're winning, so it doesn't really matter to me, the stats. Um, I know I'm doing my part and making plays for this team, so that's all I care about is if we're winning, I'm okay with it. So we talked about this uh, with Jake Harris as well. Coming to Richmond is one thing. Being committed is a whole other thing. So when I hear you, you just feel uh, you sound super committed. So talk to me about your decision to – to come back to Richmond? It was kind of a no-brainer. I mean, I literally said those words in the last interview we had. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of funny. But, you know, there were some connections I had. Uh, Coach Wood was a phenomenal recruiter out of high school in my area in Jersey. And, you know, me and Reese were obviously at, you know, our previous school together. And it kind of just fit. 
talking to the coaches, you know, knowing they wanted to use me when I got here and, you know, promised them that I'll give them my all, you know, through thick and thin, you know, mistakes, triumphs. Um, and I think it just seemed like a fit. I've been proven right, um, gratefully. That's kind of my decision. It was pretty simple. It didn't really take long for me to decide to come to Richmond, and when I got here, I knew that my choice was a good choice. Hey, Nick, uh, this will be your first experience with the rivalry that is Richmond, William & Mary, and we say around here we're really fortunate to have that rivalry game as the last game of the year because no matter what the records are, that game is always big and important. Mm -hmm. Now the records are really good, and there's a CAA championship at stake, and you talked about last week being the greatest game you ever played in. What are you anticipating this week. I'm anticipating a war just like last week. I'm anticipating us having to lay our bodies on the line for our brothers and you know I was literally saying that last week and it's going to be a phenomenal game. They're a phenomenal team and they're going to bring a lot of energy. They're going to talk a lot of smack. You know they're going to bring a lot of skill, a lot of size, a lot of strength and we're going to bring the same thing. You know hopefully when that clock hits zero that we're on top. Can't wait for it to happen. Nick thanks so much for being our guest today on the Spider Insight Podcast. We'll see you out there on the field Saturday. Thank you very much. All right, thank you, Nick. And, uh, Chris, you know, we're all excited about Saturday, but I want to go back and finish up off of the Delaware game, as Nick said, you know, kind of the greatest game he's played in until maybe this Saturday. But so much fun to go up to Delaware these days. I mean, that's a tough place to play. They hadn't lost at home. They normally have big crowds, and that's a place the Spiders have actually had some success in these kind of crazy games, that that five-overtime game from, from years ago, the two kickoff returns for touchdowns by Aaron Dykes back in 2019, and then what the Spiders did Saturday as well. Well, kind of fun to go up to Delaware Stadium. Always, it was always one of my uh, my always one of my favorite places to play. Uh, never had success there beating. We had some close games, but never had success up there. But the environment, um, you know, you just know as a football player, you know when you're in an environment uh, around fans who understand the game, love the game, and love their team. And uh, and again, I when you go up there, you're expecting them to be excited. And I think as the opponent. We always went in there with that attitude of uh, they're going to be excited, and it's my job, my job to shut them up. And if I'm doing that, I'm doing something right. We're playing well, and, and that's just uh, – there's something about it. But, I mean, look, football is just when you got a packed house, it's different, and they pack the house, uh, they're excited, and it, it, it does bring a little different, different level of juice uh, from you as a player out. We expect a packed house at Robin Stadium Saturday at high noon – for the 133rd renewal of Richmond and William & Mary, the Capital Cup presented by CNF Bank. So many storylines in this game, Chris. The headline, of course, is a CAA championship on the line. Both teams expect it to be in the postseason, but they certainly would like to add that trophy to their trophy case. So many similarities, too, right? Um, you know, the coaches have worked together. Um, you know, both have been at William & Mary and Richmond. Uh, a lot of these players on both sides were recruited by both schools and they either chose Richmond or William and Mary. And then, um, like us, like you said, because of the tradition, this is, if, if both teams were 0 and 10, this, this game is still going to have a, some extra oomph to it. So the fact that they're here, uh, it's, it's always been competitive. It's always going to be competitive. And now we're both competing for a CAA title, CAA championship. Can't get much better than that TV game. Uh, we talked about juice, I know both teams are going to have it. Uh, they're going to be ready, and I'm ready for some good football. Kind of amazing. 133rd meeting. These teams are separated by one game. Richmond has a one-game advantage. We were kind of talking about this before we started taping the podcast today. For about 20 years there, it was all Jimmy Laycock and William and & Mary, 
And now, in about the last two decades, it's been mostly the Richmond Spiders. The pendulum has swung, and I kind of like our chances because we got the good luck charm on our sideline right now. That's Russ Huseman, who, as you said, has been on both sidelines in this game, and his record in this game is 20-3. and three. Keep him on the spider sideline, right? Yeah, you ask him, and he just laughs and smiles. He can't explain it. He's just uh, happy to be in that situation. Uh, In terms of the pendulum, look, uh, yeah, the pendulum, I'm sure, will swing at some point. As a player, you're just like, hey, it's not going to swing this year. Uh, It's going to stay on our side and and just kind of go from there. But – I don't know, man. Uh, you, you just can't say much uh, enough about this uh, about this rivalry, and uh, you can feel it. And it's it's also different now because you've got you know both teams. The transfer portal has changed, so you get like new transfers in. And you know we talked to to Nick DeGennaro. I'm sure they have transfers over there, and instantly this guy has never played in one, but he can feel it. He can feel something different. Uh, about this game, the importance of this game. So, you know, rivalry is a part of the game of football, and uh, and we're gonna experience that at its greatest this weekend. Give us an early week breakdown, X's and O's of this game. What jumps out off the stat sheet, first and foremost, William and Mary first in the conference in rushing offense, Richmond first in the conference in rushing defense. Yeah, obviously that, that's the big one. Um, our defensive line, linebackers, uh, our front seven, they're special. Uh, now we know depth is going to be an issue, and I'm sure they know that our depth is going to be an issue. Um We've had success. Uh, last year, we were one of the few teams to hold them under, I think it was 20 points last year. So, uh, you know, nobody else was able, was able to do that. We found a way to do that last year. So uh, that's got to be uh, a big thing. And then, you know, they have some big play dynamic guys over there as well, you know, from the quarterback to the receivers to the, to the, the running back core. And we have some over here on our side as well. So I think that'll be interesting. You got that battle up front equally matched then you got the battle outside equally matched who's going to win um who's going to win those battles so i think you know you look there and then lastly you know the the, the area that uh, is easily looked over but was huge for the spiders this week special teams mm-hmm. our special teams were superb last week and with the exception of maybe the the kickoff return versus new hampshire have been superb all year so i think that's an area where i feel like the spiders should have an advantage and see if we can take advantage of that all right last one for today Big picture. At the end of the day Saturday, there's a chance the CAA will have five teams that are at least eight and three, if not better, if New Hampshire beats Maine and if Delaware beats Villanova. And either way, Richmond and William & Mary will be teams with at least eight wins. Elon's already done at eight and three. Does the CAA get five teams into the postseason if those scenarios occur? I've been all in that, man. I've been looking at some some mock uh, brackets, some, some <laughs> little little FCS bracketology. I've been doing all of that. And uh, look, it, it just comes down to how well uh, is the CAA regarded. And for the most part, on this side of the Mississippi, the CAA is seen as, you know, the best FCS conference, arguably uh, the, the top or one of the top conferences in um, – in the country, and we bang each other up. We all we all play FBS teams. You look at William Mary has a win against the FBS team. So you know, is five teams unrealistic? I don't think so. Um, has it happened before? I, I'm not sure. I, what I do know is all those five teams. I believe they can play with anybody in the country. And if I'm building my bracket and I want the top teams in my in the playoffs, 
I got I to gotta put five teams in the CAA. At the end of the day, if the Spiders are one of them, I won't be complaining. I'm not going to lose any sleep. <laughs> Take care of business Saturday, and we can enjoy Selection Sunday. Enjoyed this one, Chris. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Love being here. He's Chris Anderson. Our special player guest today was Nick DeGennaro. I'm Bob Black. Excited for Saturday against William & Mary. High noon kickoff. Our radio coverage starts at 11 on 106.1 ESPN. TV coverage is NBC Sports Washington at noon. Enjoy the Capital Cup presented by CNF Bank, the 133rd renewal of Richmond and William & Mary. And we'll talk about it next time on the Spider Insight Podcast.